Y'all can stand. I know a lot of you know this. So it's not about quantity. It's about quality. So stand up and help me praise God tonight. The splendor of the King Clothed in majesty Let all the earth rejoice All the earth rejoice He wraps himself in And darkness tries to Trembles at his voice, trembles at his voice. How great is our God. Sing with me, how great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. Thank you. 
with me, how great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. Amen. Hallelujah. Garrett must have turned my mic off because he knew I wanted to sing. What's the matter with you, boy? Oh, God, it's good. Amen. Oh, shoot. It's been good to be over here working on this building, doing what we've been doing. And praise God for that. Amen. I, I, <coughs> I want to ask tonight, uh, is there any uh, anybody here that don't know that God can? He can. And he will. And all we got to do is follow him. He can and he will, and all we got to do is follow him. It's as simple as that. I was thinking about it tonight. I, I was thinking about it. I, I asked Brother Nolan if he had a tape measure. And, and uh, where's Brother Vic? Did he leave? There he comes. Good. I'm going to see here uh, Brother Joe, Brother Vic, Nolan, Brother James. Is Lyle around? No, I saw Miss B, but I didn't see Lyle. They might be over there. Hey, y'all, come up here. Come up here, guys. Come on. Jimmy, come on, Jimmy. These guys I kind of depend on for some carpentry work. around. Give our Holy Hammers ministry a big round of applause. Amen. <laughs> y'all stand over on that side, and I'll stand on this side. All right. Come on, Brother Joe. They don't look like Brother Joe anymore. But you sure are pretty. <laughs> I just said you're pretty. I'm not jealous. I'm pretty too. All right. How long have you been a carpenter, brother? Vic? Oh, you lie. Ever since you've been able to hold a board, put it in your hand. All right. I got a game. How long have you been a carpenter, Jimmy? 40 years. Nolan, you're the youngest carpenter on this stage here tonight. <laughs> How long have you been a carpenter? James, all your life. Joe, I'm just wondering about that, too. But <laughs> he's a really good helper. <laughs> he's a pretty good carpenter, too. Uh, oh, you threw me off there, son. I got to watch who I call on. So if you've been a carpenter all your life, Vic, and you've been a carpenter uh, for 40 years, Jimmy, and 23, 24 years, Nolan, you've been a carpenter, and 40 years, James, you've been a carpenter, and Joe, for 100 years, you've been, uh, you were there when Noah built the ark, and uh, so tell me how long this board is, Brother Vic, so, all right, that's your answer, six foot exactly, all right, whoever wins gets a prize, so y'all better study this, y'all get a t-shirt on me tonight, they're in the concession stand. Joe, if he wins, he knows where they are. So, what? How? You want to look at it again? Now you got to be for sure now. All right, six foot. Six foot, two and a quarter. I'm going somewhere with this, Jimmy. Six foot one. If I was gonna say, if all y'all give me the same answer. 
Everybody gets a shirt. 71 inches. Seventy-two and a half. Dope. Sixty-one and a half. Sixty-one and a half inches. Six foot one and a half inch. All right. The newest member of our church who just did a Saddle Up seminar tonight. Come here, young lady. Yeah, that's you on the back row sitting there. Come here. You can bring that beautiful baby, too, because she sure is beautiful. Amen. Give our newest member a big round of applause tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. Will you walk up on that side? Tell me your name. Karen. Karen's been dying to help me. Guess what, girl? You get to help me tonight. Yes, you walk up over there because these guys, they, they, they might not trust me, Karen. So, <laughs> And they're all dying to win this T-shirt, ain't y'all? Shake your head like you said yes, amen, because our, our T-shirts are cool. So, Miss Karen, I'm going to need you to help me measure this. All right. Now, y'all are sure, right? This ain't the close game. I'm going to tell you that right now. This is the exact game. So if you're not exactly what you said, then nobody wins but the house. Because there's only one person who knows exact. And he needs to be Lord of your house and Lord of your life. Does anybody follow me tonight? Is this like elementary preaching where everybody can understand it, even Devin? Shake, Devin, shake your head. Devin, shake your head. He's not listening. All right, Miss Karen, I'm going to let you hold the other end because I'm going to hold this in. All right, what do you got, girl? 70. And three-eighths. Did we hear that? Did we hear that? You heard it? Seventy and three-eighths. Nolan and Vic, check Miss Karen. Check her. Come on. You can't see very good. Is there 70 and 3 eighths on this paper? Anybody? No. No, is there? Did any of y'all call? I just wrote it now. <laughs> There's one that rides a small, small bus in here with us tonight. It's Brother Joe. Hold on. Okay, go ahead. What's the way out? That's right. Amen. Give our men and Miss Karen a big round of applause. Thank you, guys. Bless you, guys. That's Nolan's. Give that to him or it'll wind up in my truck. So listen, I'm going to teach you something real quick and we're going home. 73 eighths 
was the correct measurement, 70 and 3 eighths. Wouldn't you like to know in your life the direction that God has for you instead of guess? Instead of guess. So many people are out there guessing. They play the guessing game every day. With God, you can know. How do I know? Because the Word says that you can know. Psalms 32a, got my Bible? Is that where I told you to turn, Psalms? You can know God's will for your life. He can take the guesswork out of there tonight. I thought that was a pretty good illustration. Psalms 32.8 says this. Got my Bible? The Lord said, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Read that with me, church. The Lord said, I will guide you along the best pathways for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Man, I read the New Living Translation in your Bible, in the NIV. It says that I will instruct you, I will teach you, I will show you the way. Like Brother Vic said, he is the best carpenter, the greatest carpenter, the only carpenter that anybody needs to build their life upon tonight. Is there any amens in the house? Anybody believe that tonight? You can know God's will for your life. He promises in his word, I believe the Bible. Say that with me. I believe the Bible. He says, I will instruct you. I will teach you. His word said this, if you acknowledge him in all of your ways, I will direct your path. Proverbs 3, 6 says, in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct you. Your path. God wants you to move the guesswork out of your life. When Mary got saved, she was laying on the operating table. They were fixing new neck surgery on her. Pastor Collier walked in and said, Mary, if you died in this surgery, would you go to heaven? She said, I hope so. I guess so. We've got to take the guesswork out of our life, Cowboy Church. We've got to know that we know that we know. We got to know that God is guiding us. He wouldn't steer us wrong. I just read to you in the Bible, he says, The Lord, I will guide you along the best. That's why I like that verse. He says, I will guide you along the best pathways. Sometimes it don't feel best for us. But if we trust him, all things work together for the good of those who love God. Anybody believe what I'm preaching tonight? He promises, I will instruct you, I will teach you, I'll show you the way to go. In his word it says, in your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. God wants to move you from guesswork to guidance, but getting there requires four things. I'm going to touch on those. I told you I only had two pieces of paper tonight. Number one, knowing that God will begin a good work in your life. Listen to me tonight, listen to me. The first thing you have to do is get your will out of the way and let his will into your life. But God, I want to do this. But God, I want to do this. But God, I want to do this. Get your will out of the way and surrender tonight. And say, God, I just want to be in your will. 
If I had my way right now, I'd be home in Waco. I'd have the million-dollar house, the million-dollar trucks, the, the, the trailers. I'd have the best roping horses. I'd be running up and down the highway rodeoing. But that wasn't God's plan for my life. When I re- surrendered my life to the Lord, he told me, he said, you've been serving the roping God too long. It's time you serve me. I sold my trucks, my trailers. I sold everything and just started preaching to whoever would listen. A few years later, God gave it all back because of my obedience. God is looking for us to be obedient to him tonight. The first thing to getting the guesswork out of your life is knowing that God's will begins with the surrendering of your will. God's will begins when you surrender, Tommy, at your old age or young age because you're more active than me probably. But when you surrender to God's will, that's when we become alive. That's when the path starts to make sense. I told that pastor yesterday, many are called, but few are chosen. The ones that are chosen are the ones that say, God, not my will, but your will. Not my way, but your way. I tell people all the time this, and I mean it. If I'd have had the opportunity that Mark Terry had when he purchased Caney Creek Cowboy Church in the 50-acre property, I wouldn't have done that. If I'd have had my way, if it would have been me, I'd have took the $260,000 that they gave him to start a church, and I wouldn't have bought 50 acres with a, with a small barn on it and an old trailer. I'd have bought a big church with a small piece of property and put an arena on it. But it wasn't God's plan. He didn't have a plan for me like that. I came in to this plan and God began to grow it and show me that hey together we can do a lot come on somebody get this tonight together we can do a lot Mark Terry I love him God bless him I couldn't done what he done I'm not smart enough unless God would have wanted me to do that but that was Mark's gift to get it going but if I'd have had my way I'd have bought that old western store on 336 that had about 10 acres there and that's where I'd have had a cowboy church but I don't want my way I want God's way. God gave us 50 acres. What for? I don't know yet. But we're figuring it out a little at a time. So that we can have a place where people feel comfortable just the way they are. Boot, suit, horse, or Harley, everybody's welcome. Who feels that welcoming when you come here? Am I preaching to you tonight? I I know that this church is already done. I've seen it finished. God gave me a vision. It's done. We got chairs. It's going to be completed. We're going to have a great place. But I'm already looking out here in the future, and I see the homeless shelter, the Holy Ghost town, a place where somebody who lost their home can stay for a while. Well, they may have shelter out of the storm. They, They can rely on God for everything in their life. Because I'm in his will. He'll show you things. If you're confused tonight, you may not be in his will. If you're wondering about your life and why it's not working out, you may not be in his will. First, you've got to get yourself out of the way. Touch three people and say, get yourself out of the way. Well, maybe you can't reach three people tonight. but Where did I learn that from, Scott? I learned that from Jesus. I read a long time ago in the Bible what Jesus said to his father. Jesus says in John 5.30, I do not seek my own will, but the will of the one who sent me. Man, Jesus said, I do not seek my will, but the will of the one who sent me. Man, ain't it cool to have all these dreams and hopes, 
But if they don't come together, that's okay with me because I'm on my path. A lot of things I've tried and they hadn't panned out. That don't mean it's not my will or my time. God's time is perfect. Maybe you're sitting here tonight. Maybe you're alone. Maybe you're scared. Maybe you're wondering what tomorrow holds. Just surrender your life to him tonight. Trust him tonight. Knowing that God's will begins with surrendering your will. Jesus said, I do not seek my own will, but the will of the one who sent me. You only recognize God's will when you learn to lay yours aside. One thing I've learned is it gets easier as I practice that. Somebody hear me tonight. I've learned that gets easier when I practice that. The other night we were dead set on drilling the metal, drilling the holes. We, were, we had a plan. Lyle and Joe talked about it. They looked at it. They researched it. And, and they were just willfully strong that it was okay to go and do that. But something in my spirit said, I don't think we should do that. I, I kept blowing it up, and I kept throwing it up. And I, I wasn't doing it in a boastful way. I wasn't doing it as I'm the pastor. Do what I say. I was, I was just dropping subtle hints. I was telling maybe we'll get off. Maybe we'll mess it up. You know, I, I was just thinking you can ask them that. I, I just kept saying, are you sure you want to drill the holes? Maybe we should. I think it'll be okay if we don't. No, we're going to drill the holes. We're going to drill the holes. We're gonna drill, just trust me, preacher. I just didn't have peace about it. And after, right before we were fixing to drill the holes, I said, guys, I really don't have peace about this. And, and what if we just start sliding them up there and put them in place? And, and both of them said, not my will, Pastor, but God's will. And we slid them up there and we put them in place. And Joe caught it. Joe, one of the ones who wanted to drill the holes. Joe, the great carpenter, the one who wanted to drill the holes, began to realize we're going to be 20 inches off when we get to the other end. If we'd have pre-drilled those holes, we'd have had a lot of holes in our roof. Because when we got to the end of that row, we wouldn't have been hitting the wood that we're drilling to. It's not our will. It's his will. But there are stubborn folks in this church tonight. And you know who you are? Everybody's pointing at you. Quit. Quit. Number two. Keeping a spiritual mindset. Somebody hear me tonight. If you want to go and get Danny, get the guesswork out of your life and go to guidance, you got to have a spiritual mindset. It's not possible to sense God's will while you're controlled by self-interest. A carnal mind, a carnal mind keeps God out. It holds God at hostage. No, you can't come in here, God. you got to be spiritually minded at all times. Bible says keep your mind on things of above because that's where your help comes from. A carnal mind, somebody's always thinking about their self. We, we've been on this pride kick for about a month and, and I'm so blessed that we have because I've just seen that spirit of pride just move out of the way in the last three weeks. Let's praise God for that in a minute. Come on, somebody. 
I just mean that pride just move out of the way and let God work because I, I know that the, the carnal mind is a hostile environment to God and God can't get in there and work. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it be used. Listen to me. When you're full of a carnal way, a worldly way, a prideful way, a, a selfish way, God cannot use you. Did you hear me tonight? God cannot use you. Because you're holding him out. Now you can push and force and do your own thing and call it God's work. And there are a lot of those that want to help us from time to time. But they force their way and they, they want to get their way. And they want, but man, those who submit to God's way are the ones that bring a smile to God's heart. It does. The Bible says it brings joy to his heart when we submit to him. Number three, if you want to get the guesswork out of your life, you want to know for sure, start praying and asking for God's guidance. Can I ask you, do, do, do you do that? Do you pray and ask for God's guidance? God, which road should I take here? Which ministry should I be involved in here, God? Where should I go, God? What should I do? Who should I seek? I remember one time we were in the hill country riding. And, man, we were having the time of our life, and, and we got hungry, and we were, we were looking for a place to eat. And this little town that we were in had four or five restaurants. And, and someone said, oh, that restaurant down the road is, is really good. And I said, okay, if you say it's good, we'll go there. And I, so I started praying. We were headed there, and, and, and the Lord said, don't go there. Go over here. And I said, well, Lord, everybody knows that we're going here. Everybody expects us to arrive over here. If I turn in here, I'll look like a fool. The Lord said, go here. He pressed on me again to go here. Man, we went into this little Mexican restaurant, and as we pulled up, we kicked our bikes off. Everybody said, what are we doing here? I said, man, this is where the Lord guided me to. I don't know why we're here, but this is where the Lord wants us to eat today. We sat down. We sat down, and we broke bread together. We prayed together. There was a man over in the corner. Now, listen to me. We were 20 or 30 deep. And there was a man over in the corner who saw us pray. He saw us pray. And something in his heart, God said, take care of their meal. We showed up at the right place, and God just went to work. That man came over to our table. He said, you don't see folks doing that a lot. I want to take care of all y'all's meals. And he paid for every one of our lunch that day. Remember that? Anybody remember that? Mary, remember that? It was beautiful. It was awesome. It was amazing. And then I took it a little further, Mike. I, I took it a little deeper. I said, I wonder if he was sitting over there talking to God, saying, God, if you're real, bring somebody in here to pray. God, if you're real, bring somebody in here right now at this time. Show me that you're real. And at that time, here come 30 bikers. <laughs> Looked like he was going to hold up the pace. He touched Brother Vic or he touched somebody else that was with us. He touched Brother Vic and he said, I want you to know that was beautiful. You don't see grown men doing that. You don't see families doing that. 
I'm taking care of all y'all's meal. When you pray and you seek God and you ask Him, even over the simplest things, where I'm going to go eat, He ain't let me down yet. Hallelujah. Now I'm praying where I go to the gym. David prayed this in Psalms 143.10, Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your good spirit lead me. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your good spirit teach me. James also encouraged us, if you need wisdom, ask him. Ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. I told you this before, we were putting in the poles on our youth building over here, and they couldn't seem to get the measurement right. They kept cutting, but it wasn't good. And someone said, hey, have we prayed yet? They prayed one more time. They asked for God's wisdom. The next cut they made, the dang thing went in perfect. Because with God, it's always perfect. Somebody ought to clap, amen. I love what it says. In the New Living Translation of James, it says, He will not rebuke you for asking. He will not rebuke you for calling and asking. I bought me a little phone called my God phone. It sits on the shelf, and it's got like a 100-something scriptures in it. It's got a little button, and you pick it up, and you push the button, and you're talking to God. It's really pretty cool. And I push that button and I act like I'm really talking to God. But metaphorically, the, or what's that word I'm speaking? Metaphorically speaking, I just close my eyes. Or I pray with my eyes open. Or I talk to him while I'm preaching. Or when I'm down on my knees these days. A brother of mine told me the other day, we was at a men's prayer meeting. He said God told him to come to him on his knees because he was treating God like an equal. He's not our equal. The last thing, and I'm done, listen to me. Number four, I just want to reiterate on number three, he will not rebuke you for asking. So if you have a situation tonight you need prayer about, ask him. Need guidance, want to know for sure, ask him. Number four, you want to be guided by God instead of guessing? Read God's word with your heart because that opens him up to come on in. If you read God's word with your heart, there are some people say, well, I can't read that well. Well, I couldn't either when I started this thing. And I still can't read too well today, but when I'm reading his word, and I'm reading with my heart. I understand everything he wants to say to me. Everything. Everything he wants to say to me. By your words, Psalms 19 says, By your words I can see where I am going. They throw a beam of light on my dark path. Daily exposure to God's word will help you recognize his voice. And he will speak to you. John says the sheep will know the shepherd's voice. 
the sheep will know the shepherd's voice. He also says in John, I'm coming to separate the sheep from the goats. I was going through a wreck. I'm done. Listen to me. I was going through a wreck one time, and there was this cat in the church, and he really didn't care for me, and I loved him, but he didn't love me back. And He was going around the church with his voice, telling everybody all kinds of things about me. And the more I tried to straighten it out, the more I tried to love him, the more I tried to preach it behind the pulpit, just never seemed to get any better. And he just kept talking about me and kept talking about me. And he'd be in the community talking about me and talking about me and talking about me. And I thought to myself, man, this guy's done ruined everything I worked so hard for. But it didn't seem to phase anybody in the church no matter what he said. Because what I said, they hung on to. And I just read you that scripture. Why? Because my sheep will hear my voice. Now, you're God's sheep, and I'm just the overseer of it. But if I whistle, they come. A good pastor whistles, here comes the herd. Brother Randy Weaver talked about that in a message series he did over at Lone Star Cowboy Church. He talked about when he went over to Israel. And he saw these sheep herders, and all of them were bringing their sheep. There were hundreds and thousands of sheep coming to a watering hole. Were you there when he preached that? They were coming to a watering hole. And this, this, this sheep herder, which would be like a preacher, this sheep herder here, this sheep herder here, this sheep herder here, and this sheep herder, they were bringing in their flocks by four or 500 at a time, and they were bringing them to the same, uh, like the Jordan, a big tank of water to, to drink, and they all drank, and then one at a time. One at a time. The shepherd would. They'd make certain whistles. He thought he thought they were speaking in tongues and stuff. But his sheep would come to his voice. All of a sudden, all the sheep that were standing once together now went back to their master. You will hear God's voice if you pray and you listen. And he'll guide you, Danny. He'll guide you. A lot of people won't understand the path that you're going on, the places he wants to take you, but he'll guide you if you trust him and listen. I know where he's taking me. Let me tell you where he's taking me. He's taking me to glory land. That's where I'm headed. I don't know what day it's going to arrive. I don't know the hour. I don't know the time. But I know that's where he's taking me. And when I cross that Jordan and I reach the other side and I see my maker's face, I'll be in his presence forever. And there'll be no more having to wonder about this or having to wonder how I'm going to pay this or how I'm going to do this. He took care of the whole thing through his blood. And that tonight I'm very thankful for. So let's pray together. Amen. Father, thank you for this night. Happy anniversary to my wife. I love her. Thank her for supporting this ministry and all that she does. 
she gave up a date night last night because her pastor, her husband, said, we got to go suck water out of the church. A lot of people come to this church and got saved, turned their life around because they heard the Lord calling them. Lord, keep calling us, keep guiding us, keep leading us all the way to glory. And like my wife said, if little Lizzie can hear it, you ought to be able to hear it tonight. Because she hears it. She sings it. And she tells others about it. Let me ask you tonight to listen. Get the guesswork out of your life. I had five of the most amazing carpenters in the world standing on stage with me. And none of them got it right, the length of that board. But you can get it right tonight if you meet the greatest carpenter that ever lived, which is Jesus. I normally don't do this on a Sunday night, but I feel in my spirit that I need to do it tonight. If you're here tonight and you've never prayed and asked Jesus into your heart, pray with me right now. Just say, dear Lord, come into my life and save me. I know that I'm a sinner. I believe your son Jesus died on the cross for my sin. Now, you've got to believe that. You've got to believe he died on the cross for your sins. Say, I believe he died on the cross for my sins. Come into my heart and live. Tonight, I make you my Lord. I will follow you from this day forward. <laughs> Wherever you want me to go, Lord, I'll follow. Not my will, but your will. Is there anybody here that prayed that? Let me slip your hand up and let me see you tonight. Anybody? One. Anybody? Don't be afraid. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah for you. Two. Amen. God bless you. Father, thank you for those tonight. Lord, thank you for this message and our time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody give God a praise. Amen. Bless you.